Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. What's up, BC Girl? Markable, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Basses. Big stacks, big racks, that carry, that All right, so we got Remarkable on Off the Porch with us today. Yes, sir. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I grew up on the porch, so I feel like I'm back at home. That's the whole premise of the show is make you feel like you're back at home right. on your own porch. Mm-hmm. So um, appreciate you coming by. Always. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. So East Atlanta, right? East Atlanta. Yes. Okay. Zone six. So what was it like growing up in zone six for you? Man, you learn a lot fast. You grow up fast and you just got to have that hustle mentality at all times. So you kind of get taught that at a young age. What was your childhood like? Um, it's not what it, my childhood wasn't like what everybody thinks it was. 
What do people think it was? They thought that I lived a glamorous life. They thought that I had money and the cars and the the um, all the luxuries you would think that a daughter of a legend would have, but it was definitely the opposite. Like, I really grew up in the struggle. I really grew up in the hood. Yeah. And you were just two when your dad passed? I was just two. Yeah. Yep. So at what age did you realize my dad was easy and he was this worldwide superstar. <laughs> when did it click for you? Man, it didn't really click till I got older. So we got the internet and all that stuff. Like my mom just always told me my daddy was Eric Wright. Like she didn't teach me um, the whole Hollywood effect. She didn't tell me that he was a super famous person. He, she just taught me all the morals mm. and values that he had about being a hustler, being a kind person, being someone that wants to help everybody out. Like she instilled those values, not so much, oh, your dad was a famous person. Like that didn't, that didn't matter to her. The person that he was really mattered to her. So she made sure I knew him, Eric Wright, not Eazy. Yeah. So what was your reaction when he did find out that, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so when I realized that my father was a rapper, a famous rapper at that, not just like a street hustler, family man, like, I was kind of mad because I was like, dang, my whole life I've been loving music and I didn't even know my daddy was one of the biggest influential people in music like that. Like, I always knew that my daddy was Eric Wright. I knew what he looked like. I knew what he sounded like. But my mom didn't. We didn't have YouTube and stuff. You know, we didn't have the access that we have access now to research things. So whatever my mama told me, that's what she told me, you know. So when I found out, I was like, what? <laughs> My daddy is a, is a superstar. <laughs> so like, I just, I don't know. It, it was amazing because it's like, I grew up my whole life just knowing how great of a person he was. And I, I wanted to mimic that. But then the music came from my mama's side. Like hmm. I, everything that I did musically came from everybody from my mom. So it's like, it was kind of dope because everybody thinks that I do music with my dad, but I don't. I hustle because my daddy. But like, when it come down to the music, it was my mom's side that really influenced me. Yeah. Did you ever see the Straight Outta Compton movie? I did see the Straight Outta Compton movie. I actually went to the premiere. Okay. Um, and I held a premiere here in Atlantic Station in Atlanta. And Atlanta Station was um, the biggest box office sales happened at Atlanta Station that night. Hmm. Um, so I feel really good because it's my city. And I threw a big old premiere. Shout out to Neil. Shout out to everybody that was um, part of that. Um, that premiere night because we sold the most tickets for my daddy. We sold the most. So I definitely seen the movie. Um, I was at the premiere in LA as well for it too. So it was really dope watching that. What'd you think of the movie? I think it was a good Hollywood movie. Like, of course, a lot of things were left out and, you know, or, you know, stretched out or whatever the case is. But overall, I think that it told a pretty good story. Um, it revamped fans of my dad and made new fans. So I got, it's fans of my father that are younger than me that weren't even born when he, you know, when he passed. So it's like, it's super dope that the movie was able to grasp the youth and kind of shed light on the stuff that we're dealing with in the world right now, too. Yeah. And his birthday recently passed and uh, you put together a nice touching tribute. Yes. For oh, my God. Um, because of COVID, we really weren't able to do something big for him every year. My family always puts together something really nice for my dad. Um, last year we did uh, we redid his tombstone. And um, it was really beautiful. A lot of people came out to celebrate at the gravesite, so it was really dope. Um, but this year, because of COVID, we really couldn't do much. So what I did, and I was seeing a lot of people just been on Zoom and on FaceTime and things like that. So I was like, man, if everybody just 
you know, said their little shout out virtually, I think that would be dope. So I had so many different um, people that either are influenced by him or that look up to him or that's worked with him just give me great feedback. Like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Like, I'm excited. I'll do it. Um, so I, it made me feel really good because most of the people that responded was like, I'm doing it for your dad, but I'm doing it for you too because you out here hustling, Ray. Like, I, I want to show you that I, I support you as well. So whatever you need me to do, I'll do so. From Tank to uh, from the game, from just so many people, his assistant, Shari, like Rhythm D, his producer. It was so many people. Um, Jason Mitchell, he played my dad in Strata Compton. I had so many people that just was like, yeah, I got you. And they showed up and they showed out. So I shout out to them. I appreciate y'all for making my dad's birthday a good birthday. That's what's up. All right, so when did you first start making music? How old were you? Ooh, okay. So making my own music. I started making my own music my high school senior year. I could say I started recording on the microphone. But previous to that, I used to write um, since I've been a little girl. Um, I started off doing music in the church. I was in the choir. And then um, in middle school, elementary school, I did musical theater. Um, I also played the snare drum. I played the violin. So I just been doing music my whole entire life. Um, but then as far as like writing music, I decided to become a poet and I joined the poet, um, the poetry club. And then all of a sudden, all the groups in Atlanta started popping out, all the rap groups. And that's when we had our born threads and crime mob and black mob and all that. And my stepbrother, which is my brother's brother, I call him my stepbrother, my brother. Um, his name is Juan P. He was in Born Threats. And I don't know, I think I was like eight years old, maybe. I was young. But I would sit there and while they on Fruity Loops and in the studio in the closet making songs, I was right there writing like I was one of the boys. So I started writing music um, when I was like eight years old, I can say. Um, but as far as like recording and becoming remarkable, that didn't happen until I became a teenager okay. and really embraced it at then. So who'd you grow up listening to? Man, <laughs> I listen to everybody. It's not like one person that I just be like, nah, they they didn't have no influence. Like it's so many artists that influenced me. That's why when you listen to my music, you can't just put me in a, a single lane. Like I'm in so many different lanes because the music background is really there. It's just like, I didn't just wake up one day. So I want to do music. Like I've been, my whole life was influenced by music. So. I started off the first the first piece of music I can honestly say that I ever listened to, but people don't even know is opera. Mm. It's so crazy. Um, my grandfather's Italian, so he was in the mob, right? He used to bring me home all type of stuff after they did a mob stuff. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. He would bring home pearls and jewels and artifacts, but he brought me these cassettes and um, these records and it had only opera on it. You know, opera singing is Italian singing. So I didn't really know Italian like that growing up. I, I, I wasn't fluent in it, didn't really understand it, but I loved their voices. Um, so I used to just play that junk all the time and try to hit notes. And I was like, man, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, my grandmother, she's Trinidadian and um, she was big on just the soulful music, like Luther Vandross. And then, of course, we have Michael and Prince and 
So we had a lot of um, old school R&B in our household. So those were the first introductions to music um, that I really had. But then as I started picking my own music, I started loving Alicia Keys, Mariah Carey, um, DMX, Eminem. Lil Wayne was probably the reason why I really started wanting to be more of a punchline artist. Um, and then we got our Atlanta natives from T.I. to Gucci um, to Outkast to, oh man, the list goes on. But when I seen Nikki, I seen how she worked business-wise and how strong she was with the men and, and, and being able to stand on her own in a room full of men and, and sometimes be the toughest woman like or the toughest person in the room. Like I was like, that's me. Like, I'm like that. I always was with boys. Like, I grew up with a whole bunch of cousins that were boys. My brothers, it was a lot of us. Like, I didn't grow up with my dad's side. And that's where most of the females are on my dad's side. So on my mama's side is mostly male. So I was a tomboy growing up. So when I seen Nikki, I'm like, yeah, she she girly. She got all this hair, Juku Barbie stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But I can tell, like, she got dog in her. And that was like me. So I kind of like... I can say that my style is similar to her just because I idolized the way that she worked as a businesswoman and as an artist. So those are some of the people that I really looked up to when it comes down to my music. And what's your thoughts on the, the rise of female rappers these last few years? Uh, man, when it comes down to the female artists right now, I think it's dope because it took so long for them to accept more than one. And then now that it's everybody got a, a, a spot that they can have, it's it's beautiful, man. I, it's, it's good for me because it gives me an opportunity to get into the dough. Like we don't gotta wait no more. Everybody can just get through just like the men do. And I think uh, we needed that. So everybody that's rapping, like shout out to them, the ones that's just starting or the ones that's been doing it. Like I just salute them because being a female artist is not easy. Like you gotta get up every day and do this. Like <laughs> I be tired. This is not a, a, a fun job. It's a passion, but it's not something that you be like, oh yeah, I get to do Like, nah, man, this is, this is hard. What's your thoughts on the music scene here in Atlanta right now? Atlanta been dominating the music scene for the past like 20 years. So this is the place to be. If you want to be a creative, you come here first. When you establish yourself, then you go out to LA and you get your <laughs> Hollywood money. But right now, like, man, this is where you're supposed to be at. Like you, you get to witness and be around amongst the most talented people. And it's an everyday thing. You can go to the mall, you can go to the store, you're going to see another artist somewhere. Like this is the land of the music right now. Um, earlier this year, you went viral when uh, you posted a video saying that um, you couldn't sample your own dad's music. <laughs> yeah. I don't be mean to go viral when I go viral. I be want to go viral for the stuff I want to control. But for some reason, the internet has its own ways. Like, um, when it came down to that, like, shout out to Megan, first of all. I love Megan. Um, it's, just, it's just crazy because when it comes down to my dad's estate, like, the kids, us kids, my dad's kids, we don't have any control or any rights or anything. Um, and it hurts us because it's not that we want money. Like all of us, all my siblings, like we got our own income, whatever we doing, we all got jobs or we out here hustling, doing what we got to do. But it's like, we just want to say so. We just want to part. We're getting older and we just want to feel like if he was still here, we know that he would have us involved with something that he's doing. So to see others being able to have a piece of him and their artistry, it just bothers me because the person that owns the estate doesn't even allow his own kids to have it. And I love seeing other artists sample my dad or do um, pay homage to my dad, but it's like, 
the beef ain't with them. The beef's not them. Like, I love that. That keeps his legacy flowing and, and going for the next generation. But my stepmother, she's the owner of the estate. And she didn't send cease and assist letters out to my family, to my siblings, when we just trying to sell a t-shirt with his face on it. So imagine we can't sell a t-shirt. You think I'm going to be able to make a song and sample my father? No. But then you let the next artist that's popping, that's blowing, that's, that's up there do it. Like, who knows if I sample my father, if that be that hit for me? Like, we don't know what that's gonna, where that's going to take me. So it's just like, dang, I want to be able to pay homage to my dad in that way because I'm an artist. He was an artist. That only makes sense, but she ain't having it. So it really was a, a, a issue with her, not Megan, not any other artist. Like, I love that she did that. I, I, I want to see everybody win and eat. So I could never be a hater, but I did definitely have an issue with the fact that she don't let... My stepmother doesn't let her own stepchildren um, partake in my daddy's estate. So that's where the problem went, but yeah. Have you ever had a conversation with her about it? Man, nobody nobody can really get in contact with her like that. Like it's, um, she a real businesswoman, I can't say that. Um, she definitely do what she gotta do when it come down to my daddy's estate as far as preserving the, the legacy, but is not being passed to the children. So we've talked to her. She told me straight up, when you serious, then I'll, I'll let you know, I'll hit you. But it's like, I'm as serious as ever right now. So when you gonna really let me know, I don't know, I don't know if that's talk or what, but you know, she's she not sitting down with us, not all of us at that, it's 11 of us. And I, I doubt she even gonna have time to sit down with all of us, how she acts. So it, it, it ain't happening to me. So I just gotta get it how I get it. All right, Big Racks. Let's switch it up to Big Racks. Aye. So this is your new single. Um, talk to us about the song and then the video as well. Okay, so Big Racks. I made Big Racks on a humbug. Like, I did not think that Big Racks was going to turn into Big Racks that it is today. Um, man, I had a birthday party during COVID. My birthday's in April. And, you know, everything was shut down. So I tried to figure out, well, how can I still celebrate my birthday with my friends and family? you know, when we all supposed to be on quarantine. So I selected my top nine, cause there can only be 10 of us. And I had a slumber party. And um, before my slumber party started, I told my boyfriend, my producer as well, eight. I was like, I need a song for my birthday party. And he told me, a song? I said, well, for my birthday party is today. Like, man, it's four o'clock in the morning. How you about to write a song right now? And you got to get ready. You got to set up. You got to do all this stuff. I was like, I don't know, but I need a theme song. He said, man, all right, what beat you want? I was like, um, you didn't make it yet. He's <laughs> 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 like, man, what? I said, look, I'm going to help you come up with a beat. I know you're tired. It's five o'clock in the morning almost now. And he was like, all right, man, let's do it. So he pulled out his stuff get his machine out and everything. And we start creating. I had told him, I was like, I want to beat like Lil Wayne when um, he was like in the beat, go boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, go boom. Even though that's not really in the song that Lil Wayne referenced that in, but I wanted that. So if you listen to Big Raps, you're going to hear boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. So once he laid all that down, it was easy for me. I just went in there, took me maybe like 15 minutes. And I just came up with a song. And um, 
I was like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. I just said it was cool, though. I didn't. I wasn't like, this is it. This is a hit. I was like, okay, this is cool. We can play this. Like, they're going to dance to this. They're going to twerk to this at the party. Played it at the party. One of my close friends, she's an artist as well, Yummy Pearl. She was like, Bree, this hard. This is real hard. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, I knew she was going to like it. And Yummy's a fire rapper, too. And I'm like, if I play it for her, she going to have to get on it. <laughs> so she just kept saying, it's hard, it's fine, it's fine. So I'm like, she ain't asked yet. So I just said, Yummy, get on it. She was like, I bet, cool, send it to me. So I sent it to Yummy. She had her verse done. She sent that back until like an hour. So right after the party, she went straight to the studio. The next day after us drinking and having fun all night, she went straight to the studio, recorded it, sent it back, and that was it. Like, that's just how it came about. It was just us having fun and enjoying music and enjoying each other. So. That's how Big Racks came about. And then the music video, man, the music video was stressful. Making the song was easy. The music video was stressful. We shot Big Racks twice. Really? We shot Big Racks twice. A whole different video, whole different concept, everything. Um, I normally direct all my videos. Anything that I've ever put out, I'm always the director behind it. So the first one that we shot, I ended up saying, you know what? I just want to focus on being the artist. Let me be the artist, because I'm always trying to be hands-on. Everything that anybody see Remarkable do, I'm always in control of it. So, If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I was like, you know what? I want to be the artist and just enjoy the artistry. I'm going to let everybody else handle all the other stuff. It just didn't come out how I wanted to come out. It just wasn't resonating with me like this represents what I wanted to do. So we had to scratch it. I spent all that money, man, during COVID for that video. And then it had to be like, mm, this ain't it. I just can't give my fans something that I don't want to give them, you know? Like, so we reshot it. And I um, ended up hiring um, Set by Sky. She's a creative set director um, here in Atlanta and she's done the Trap Museum. Um, she does like so many sets here and, and in Hollywood um, that's just really, really dope. Um, so I hired her and I just, I just told her my vision. I was like, look, this is what I want to do. So I laid out the treatment. I wrote the treatment up, laid it out to her. And she was like, okay, when you want to do it by it? And I'm like, next week. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh my God. So we, we really had like no time, but um, we figured it out, man. My team, we worked our butts off. And we got in there and we got that thing shot. Um, so the set that we created, we created a whole money living room. That's just like everybody's talk right now. Like, how did y'all do a whole room full of money? Um, but it was amazing. I, I feel good about the results and everybody's loving the video to the point that asking me right now to drop some more visuals for songs that I don't even have videos for right now. So I'm like, man, dang, here go. I got to be the director again. Yeah, I did yourself. <laughs> hey, man, I know. I just got to keep going, though. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do some more. So that's the goal right now, just keep dropping more visuals. If they like Big Racks, that was something that, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a big budget. I don't have a big bag behind me. I'm not going to get up here and act like I'm one of these rappers that got all this money and stuff. Like, I don't. Like, I don't. So doing a visual cost and doing the right cost. So it's like... Big Racks was done on a, a budget and just off of the strength of good relationships and people that want to see me win and want to help me. So 
if y'all like big racks, wait till I get the real big, big racks because <laughs> them visuals gonna go crazy. I grew up loving Michael Jackson's visuals because they was like just so cinematic and meaningful. Sometimes you forget that you're watching a music video. Um, so I just want to put those type of details into my videos moving forward. Um, just give something different. Like in my Big Racks video, I literally had a fat cat. My main coon in that video was like this big. Um, I had a big old coffee mug. Like everything was just like dramatic. Like I even had a newspaper about me protesting because that's what I was doing during COVID. Like I had to pull in all the little details. But yeah, the the video going crazy right now. I'm excited. I'm happy. Proud of myself. Proud yeah. of my team. That turned out really dope. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you also got a video out for uh, Tap In. The free stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's just the the chill days. Um, that's like the no real direction. Just want to go out there and spit something. So um, I used to freestyle a lot when um, when Instagram first came out. I used to do freestyles and post them on Fridays and stuff. And then I just ended up stopping uh, out of nowhere. I just didn't want to become that freestyle artist. I wanted people to know that I can make a song. So I kind of stopped. But like sometimes... I got to show people that I could still have bars. Like Big Racks, to me, wasn't a bar lyrical song. It was just a fun song. But with the tap in, I like the beat because it's, it's a classic beat. I mean, Too Short made a hit with that. And then Sweetie came around and made something for the females. So I'm like, what other fem like what female songs can I sample right now? Or can I do a remix to? And I asked my fans and they picked the tap in. Um, the beat is hard, so I just flowed on it. Like I said, I can do any genre, any type of beat, any any coast. It don't matter where the um where it originates from. And um, I went in. To me, I thought it was cool, but everybody was like, "Dang, you got bars!" Like, oh my god, I'm like, y'all be gassing me, but I love it because like what I do is really from the heart. So anytime I do something, like I really be into it. But I just don't always think like I'm the hardest, I'm the toughest, like because I just feel like you know I'm just me. And I, I just do what I do. You know, I don't really compare myself to nobody. I don't really try to compete. I'm in, I'm in competition with myself every day I wake up and look in the mirror. So it's like, I'm the competition. I don't really watch what everybody else doing. So when somebody compliments something that I did, you know, and I did it in competition with myself and I won, like, I love that. So it felt good. Like that, that got posted on a lot of little blogs and um, people reshared the mess out of that. And they just like, dang, like, I want to work with you. I got so many DMs about people who want features. And I got DMs about people wanting me to write for them. So it felt good because I got to show the bar side a little bit. Is that your dog in the video? Ah, uh, man, that is my baby. <laughs> he don't even realize that he's that big. He's a Chinese Tibetan master. <laughs> I got him from Russia. Um, but he he is my baby. He's my protection. Matter of fact, in the video, <laughs> he, man, he was acting up. That was not, what y'all seen was the best clips. Like that was the best clip of him behaving because with the cameraman, he was not fooling with the cameraman. No man can get close to me um, unless you family. When it come down to my dog, like he do not play when it come down to his mama. Like he is a guard dog for sure. He's a protection dog for sure. Um, he literally, I need to post this. <laughs> he literally um, almost ate the cameraman. The cameraman <laughs> did a whole backflip, fell on the ground, dropped the camera almost and everything like he was not playing so that's my puppy that's my dog he's only two he just turned two um that's kovu that's my baby but yeah that's my dog a lot of the comments was like why did you get that dog for this video like whose dog is that i'm like this is my dog and i take my dog for a walk on a regular so <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do so yeah all right so are you working on a new project right now mixtape album yes definitely i i've been going back and forth on do i want to drop an ep do i want to do a classic mixtape like a classic mixtape. 
Um, and by classic, y'all know what I mean. I don't even want to give away all the spice and all the sauce, but do I want to do a classic one or not? Um, but right now, that's all I've been focused on, getting in the studio, working with producers. I work with eight. I work with um, 30 Rock. A lot of, um, of the producers I work with are part of a group called 1209 or associated with um, 1209. And it's a, just great producers. Um, SK, Trail Guy Wings. Like I, I work with a lot of Atlanta producers just because I want to show love to my city first and, and bring the money back flowing through my city. So um, I'm working on an EP. I just been in the studio working my butt off. Um, every chance that I get, I've just been trying to drop like the best the best bars I can, but then I start realizing like, just have fun with it. So now when I'm having fun with it, I've just been coming out with dope records. The hard part gonna be which ones do I pick? Cause I feel <laughs> like I'm gonna have a lot of, a lot of good stuff. So I'm definitely um, projecting to drop a project of some sort um, first quarter. Okay. Any features you've been working with lately, or is it just you? Um, no, I do have some features. Um, Seti Hendrix, I got a song with Seti Hendrix, Johnny Blaze, um, Money Game Boo, he's one of Young Thug's artists. Um, again, working with a lot of artists here in Atlanta um, just to show love on this project that I got coming out. But, I mean, we still reaching out for different features. If it's a top, top dog, I'm cool with that too. But I've been focusing on myself because I want people to know Re. I don't know. I want people to know Remarkable. So. Um, sometimes the features take away from that a little bit. So the focus isn't features, but if they come around and they come. Yeah. All right. You're also featured on uh, Growing Up Hip Hop. How's yes. that experience been? I hate TV. I'm going to be just blunt and honest. I don't like television like that. I don't watch TV like that. Um, only thing that I watch on television is sports or like award shows currently with like the election. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really don't watch TV like that. So. I'm a movie person or like a series person, like power, stuff like that. So when it come down to, to reality shows, it's like, mm, they not all what you think they are, you know? And being raised in the streets, growing up in the hood, growing up around a lot of realness is like being in that TV world scene and reality TV, it kind of make you be like confused. That's, I, that's the real word. I was confused because I didn't know what was real or fake. And I really was a rookie. Like I normally felt like I'm very knowledgeable. I'm a smart person, so I can read the room pretty good. But then when I got into the TV world, like I was kind of lost. I can say that I was really lost. I was confused because I didn't know who was real, who was fake, what was real. All I knew was just to go on there and be me. And the first season, I felt like I flunked. <laughs> I feel like I flunked because I was just, man, I just thought everybody was real and they not. Like, it's just so, uh, so much unrealness, but it's like a platform to get your face out there. I get it. But I honestly did reality TV just to put the people around me on because I was able to bring in stylists or producers or other artists or um, people that had clothing lines. Like everything that I wear on TV is normally from somebody's line because I want to promote their brand. Um, anybody that you see around me are people that really be around me, like really be in the studio with me or really be working with me. Like I've heard people cast people to be on TV with them. Everybody that's with me is part of my team on a regular basis. So my whole idea was like, take it for the team, bite the bullet and um, just get on TV so your people can get on. Cause I can honestly say a lot of the people that I brought on television with me, they've got some money from this, not from the show, but just like outsources. Like, dang, I seen you on Growing Up Hip Hop Remarkable. Like we want to book you for this or we need you for that. And that was the whole point of me doing TV anyways. Um, so that feels good. I did decide to end up doing the second season because I felt like I had revenge. I wanted to 
fix anything that people thought about me because they portrayed me to be like some entitled female that was spoiled and just had it all. And, and that was like total opposite. Like I'm super cool, I'm humble, I'm chill. So I was like, I'm gonna get back on this show. I'm gonna show the world like this is the real me. Then again, who knows when this thing air, we don't know how they gonna swing it. <laughs> how they you, gonna cut it You up. don't know, cause they can make you, you could be saying the most realest thing and then they turn you around to sound like an idiot. You be like, that ain't what I said. So, man, we'll see. It's supposed to be airing in January. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Irene, anything else you working on right now? Man, just your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, for real. I mean, like I said, I'm just working on my music, working on my craft, perfecting the things that I do. Um, I mean, reality TV gave me the insight on television a little bit. So I would love to act, not reality act, but actual act. Like, give me a whole new script, a whole new role. Not remarkable. Somebody else. Let me be Joanne or something. <laughs> so um, I definitely would love to, to do some acting. And... Um, just continue to work on my artistry. I can't wait to perform. So I, I'm, I'm ready to get in the studio, the dance studio and start learning some choreography mm. and um, get, some, get some shows, like some sets going. So right now I've just been trying to be the best artist I could possibly be. All right. Any shout outs, any last words before we Man, it's a lot of shout outs. So I'm gonna just limit it because I know I got a lot of people that I love and that, that care about me and that I have resources with. Um, but shout out to my team, like my whole team, my glam team, my um, management team, my um, assistant, my producers. Like y'all all know who y'all are. Like if I list them all, we're going to be here all day because there's a lot of people that, in Atlanta that mess with me heavy and that want to see me win. So I just shout out to everybody in the A, to be real. Big stacks. Big racks. Back carry. That. Hell Bills pay. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.